The following podcast contains spoilers and pretty naughty language. We watch Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing, it's Billy and this week I'm joined by a true podcasting legend, my first UK guest, it's Paul from Filmbusters, how you going mate? Podcasting legend, I love the sound Absolutely of that. Absolutely you are. I'm doing very well, thank you Billy, thanks for having me on today. <laughs> no worries, thanks for joining me from across the pond. <laughs> uh, what, what time of the day is it over there? It is 9.44 in the morning. It's very early, so I appreciate you getting up and, uh, and joining me for this. <laughs> Absolutely fine. <laughs> and this week we're talking about a British film. It is Last Night in Soho, 2021 psychological horror film directed and co-written by Edgar Wright. It stars Thomas and Mackenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, Michael Ajayo, Terence Stamp and Diana Rigg. And I'm going to make you do this, Paul. What's it about? Okay, so... It's uh, it's starting, yeah, Thomas and Mackenzie plays Ellie, a young fashion student from Cornwall. Um, she she romanticises 1960s London, like its fashion, its music, etc. And it just so happens she's going to study there. But she's warned by her, her grand that London's a bit of a rough place, you know, be careful. So she agrees to stay safe. Then over the course of the film, Ellie fades in and out of like a dreamlike state and somehow accessing the 60s period she loved so much, through the eyes of a girl called Sandy, played by Anya Taylor-Joy. And it turns out London isn't all it's cracked up to be. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you you got to see this a couple of months ago as part of the London Film Festival, is that right? My, my co-host Ben was able to see it. I actually missed out. I was actually busy working and looking after my son annoyingly. Not annoyingly, obviously. <laughs> I want to look after my son, but you know. Yeah. Ben got to see it early. I actually only watched it last night, so I'm very fresh on the viewing. Oh, fantastic. I did too. It's just come out in Australia here just this week, so I got to it just last night. So let's get straight into it then. The film has been a little bit on the divisive side. Critically, it seems to have gotten quite good reviews, but audience scores have been slightly lower. Where are you on that spectrum? Did you did you enjoy this film? And I guess first up, are you an Edgar Wright fan? Did you have quite large expectations going into the film? So I I'd say I'm a I'd say I'm a massive Edgar Wright fan, really, because I I don't think he's made a bad film. I'm not going to say until now, but I'll say that in a minute. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I love Space. It's one of the best TV series ever, and yep. yeah, Hot Fuzz is one of the best films ever made. That's my favorite. Edgar Wright film for me, and I'm a little bit in the middle on this film. I I think it's a I think it's a good film, but I have my problems. That is exactly where I am too. I think <laughs> that this film has plenty of good about it. If yes. that makes sense, yes. like I think that a lot of the individual elements are really strong, but as a whole, for me, I just wasn't completely there. Exactly, yeah. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I wanted to be. Right. I, I wanted the th- think about this film. So when this film came about, I've never been unexcited about an Edgar Wright film like I have about this film. It just didn't feel like an Ed- Edgar Wright film for me, and probably because it didn't have the comedy. And yeah. you know, I, I I didn't really want to go out and watch it. I wasn't until you came along and said, "Let's go watch it." <laughs> That's when I was excited to watch it. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with the performances then, because they they are one aspect of the film that has been quite widely praised. Mm. Um, 
I'm a huge Anna Taylor-Joy fan. I, I love Thomas and Mackenzie as well. And I think that the two of them in this film are very, very strong. Yes. I'd say I'd say Anya more, so for me. Really? That's she, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I felt I, I, the other way, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, which surprised me because I love Anna Taylor-Joy. But I thought Thomas and Mackenzie was really, really strong in this film. And I've got to be honest, I enjoyed the first half hour of this film much more than than the latter half. When I, it I was actually just, yeah, I actually, I, I didn't love the whole flashbacks to the 60s. I think that they kind of got a little stronger as they went along. But at first they kind of broke me out a little bit. And I, I do love Anna Taylor-Joy, but I just thought Thomas and Mackenzie was really, really great in this role. Yeah, I thought I thought she was good. I just, I just, I think Anya just gave me a little bit more. I don't know yeah. why. I just, maybe I, I did enjoy her in the 60s. I liked that element a little bit more, but I, I do know what you mean about the first half being better. Yeah. But I, th- I think, I think they were strong performances all around still. Yeah, definitely. So this, so this film, so the elements I did love about this film, Right, cinematography and editing absolutely flawless, and the choreography yep. of yep. like the, the 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 seamless like edits or choreography between uh, Ellie and um, Sandy, I thought was absolutely like flawless, absolutely flawless yep. for me. And the soundtrack soundtrack was amazing. I think it really yep. brings like the the romanticism of the of the period, and I think it's just in- incredibly relevant. Just the the story. Like at the heart of it, it's about like Me Too movement, basically. Like all this horrific yeah. shit that goes on behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah. But but I just think that all these things need to work together with something very important. That's the story, right? And yeah. the story for me, just I just was not sold on it at all. Yeah, I I agree. I ended up finding myself getting quite bored, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like. By yeah. the final 45 minutes, I was just like, oh, man, come on. And it, it's a real shame for me because I did go in with quite high expectations and I I really enjoyed the first half. Yeah. But I'll agree with you. The soundtrack, for me, this is the best Edgar Wright soundtrack. I know a lot Ooh, of people interesting. love Baby Driver. I'm 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 not so much of a Baby Driver oh, really? fan. I'm on that. Yeah, I know, which is weird. I'm on one of those weird <laughs> eggs. Um, but I thought the soundtrack was fantastic. And mm. yeah, I agree with you. The cinematography was gorgeous. The lighting was beautiful. And yes, the choreography, particularly a lot of the mirror work yes. um, between those two actresses was beautiful. That first scene where, and the production design in general, just the look. I've never actually been to London and mm. I can't wait to get there. But it just everything looked so London and so 60s. Yeah. And yeah. and even because Ellie is so kind of obsessed with the 60s, even the present day stuff had that same kind of feel to it. Yeah. And yeah, I the production design was just gorgeous. Totally. The thing, the thing with this film is it... So Ben and Adam, my co-hosts, they very much love this film. And I don't know whether it's because they absolutely love London right? Yeah. They have this romanticism for London themselves. Yeah. I myself don't really like going to the place, right? <laughs> yeah. I see it as yeah. the 60s version of this film. That's what I see it as. But, um, yeah. So I don't know if that played a part in them loving the film, but it is very, when you watch it, I was recognising places. So I knew where she was. And yeah, right. Yeah. I did, that did add an element of like, it. I, I did like it for that. But I think I think when you're coming into it, and if you love the place, it kind of adds the extra element. For me, 
I was just like, eh, it's just London. I don't like London <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing about the themes of the film too is you, you brought up it being, you know, kind of about Me Too and stuff and it definitely is. But a lot of stuff that I've found from it as well is definitely almost about, you know, being wary of nostalgia for, for a place or for a time, you know, because romanticizing these things, it's it, it's not it's not reality, you know, like mm. you might think of London as this beautiful, awesome, fun place, but this film just kind of shows you how horrendous some of the things that happen there can be. And, and I mean, that's true of any place in the world, really. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think you've always got to be wary of putting so much love on things nowadays, especially like people. And it's like yeah. people yeah. Can disappoint you at any moment. And it's like, I've never been a person to truly, love fall in love with an actor i was like i love their work but it's like yeah let yeah. me just stay let me distance myself from this <laughs> just in case uh, just in case I they know. disappoint me yeah i know can you can you imagine being like the head of the kevin spacey fan club or oh something my at the moment? God. <laughs> you know great body of work but yeah geez got to be careful about that <laughs> the thing the thing about this film did did you were you surprised by by the mystery of this film? Not really. I was not really surprised by anything that happened mm. in the film, I don't think. And I think it's a shame because really that would be what would make the, the film and the story work. Like you said, for you, what let it down was the story. Mm. And I agree because I wasn't really that surprised or interested by anything that happened. The finale kind of did nothing for me, really. It didn't didn't take me out of the blue at all. Were you surprised? So, so what, what, seeing this film from the, before I watched it, like the trailers, I was already trying to make up my mind of what this story was going to be. And it yeah. was clearly going to be, I knew it was going to be a real person that she was seeing in the 60s. So it's obviously yeah. telling a story of someone in the past. Yeah. And then you see these characters in the trailer and it's like, okay, it's, it's clearly going to be someone that she knows. That's just the rule of film. It needs to be someone, <laughs> right? And yeah. so when I go into these films, I'm constantly trying to figure out what the mystery is and solve it before the film tells me. Yeah. And yeah. there's only three characters in that age range that it could be, right? <laughs> there's like a yeah. gran, Diana Rigg, yeah, the landlady, or, and, Ter and Terrence Stamp. So Terrence Stamp's yeah. one of the two men who they focus on <laughs> in the thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's only going to be one of these things. So it's not really going to surprise me. It's just about how it gets there that's going to surprise me, basically. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, definitely. The one thing that I walk away with, too, is I, I was a little confused by the end as to why. And, like, I don't need an explanation for everything. Mm. But what was the connection between her and... And Alex, was it just because she was staying in the house with her? Like, it's very unclear why she's having these. And they're not just mm. dreams. They are straight up visions of the past. Yeah. You know, it's almost supernatural. But without the explanation, for me, it just, I don't know. I need some kind of reality there, I think. <laughs> so so what I took from it was it, it very subtly tried to play this thing of she's some kind of medium. So she yeah. sees her mother. They play and that so early on when her gra her grand says that to her, basically, you know, about seeing yeah. people. But yeah. but the only person we ever see her see is her mother, which and it's yes. unclear if that's you know, I mean, yeah. clearly she misses her mum. Like, <laughs> yeah, is she physically seeing her mother, or is it just kind it's of like 
her yeah. imagining that she's there. But I'm guessing yeah. that she just latches on to this spirit of this spirit of the event. But but at the yeah. same time, she's she's is she a medium because she's not seeing. She's going through the eyes of the landlady. Yeah. But she's not the spirit. It's all the spirits in the house. <laughs> so yeah. Why is she That's following right. her when she's not dead? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I guess what she's really seeing is the the spirits of the who we eventually find out are the, mm. the victims. Um, but, you know, they're not good people. I mean, people. it's kind of anti- <laughs> Me Too movement, really, because they kind of want her help by the end. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. One clever thing that I did think the film did in the writing was the the kind of juxtaposition of Ellie and Sandy, you know, and that's mm-hmm. one thing where I think it does try to throw you off from thinking that it might be a vision and maybe it is just a dream is, is mm-hmm. the way they're so different and Sandy is kind of everything that Ellie wants to be like not just from actually being in the 60s which is this time period that ellie is so in love with but being so confident and free and all these things that ellie's not i think that that is a a clever piece of writing and i don't i don't know why it was that it was just never it was always obvious to me that it was some kind of spirit or you know i I think think i might have found it it more interesting if i if i actually thought maybe it was just some kind of dream (laughs) i think i think that's exactly it it's like they it's almost like the red herring of her wanting it's like she encapsulates everything ellie wants to be yeah and that is the it's it's trying to send you down that route of this is what i want to be so this is kind of me in the 60s because i love the 60s so much yeah. But I never went down that route. I immediately went down, this is someone, because I feel like I was waiting for the twist. <laughs> like, yeah. Who is this person? Yeah. And, they, and they're already trying to, and they also, I think they don't take to, so long to throw you off that, because then you see Terrence Stamp and it's like, okay, he's obviously someone. He, they, they're, trying to, they're trying to play him as an important person. Yeah. So he's clearly of an age range who should be in that time period. So he's obviously someone from that time period. Yeah. The thing about Terrence Stamp for me is that I don't think he's important enough, really, to justify Mm. the... And it's funny, this isn't a long film. It's under two hours. Mm. But I think that the film would work better if it was closer to 90 minutes for me. And the Terrence Stamp storyline, really, by the end of the film, is completely irrelevant. (laughs) Like It it actually doesn't really change anything. Yeah, it was just another way to try and throw you off. Basically, yeah. this, let's make you believe that he's he's the the murderer in this case, and that's another thing: is why do we see him murder Sandy when that doesn't happen? Yeah, yeah, like that's a bit I of had... a, a cop out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of cop out, I don't. I like when movies play for keeps, and in the very final scene when Michael Ajayo's character is is there at her. I, like her fashion show, mm-hmm. he got he got pretty majorly stabbed. Like I really thought he was dead. <laughs> I did. Did he did he have some kind of stick or something? I'm sure he had something, but it was very, you didn't see him like fully. I think it was just off the side of the shot. You just saw a little stick in his hand or something. I have to right. I have to replay that to see if they actually did have that. But he was majorly stabbed. Yes, <laughs> he got pretty stabbed up. Yeah. <laughs> He he was the one performance that I didn't think was super strong. I've not seen him in anything before. Um, Never have But, yeah, his his character and, and performance just didn't really do it for me, I think. 
It was yeah, it was very downplayed. Yeah, he was he was almost just kind of there to be her s- 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 to give her sympathy for being bullied by these girls, and also just so her landlady would get really angry when he comes along. That's <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that's and what that's he's kind really of a, there for. Yeah, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when a character really is is so one note like that where he's clearly just you know people complain all the time about you know for example female characters who are just there to be a love interest this felt yep. very much the same to me where he's mm. he's there for a purpose and he doesn't really have a personality outside of that purpose yep. it's all very one note isn't it he's just always supportive of her never doubts that she's see- she's actually seeing these events play out yeah yeah when let's face it from the outside you'd think she's crazy <laughs> it's, it's very true very true but he had the throwaway line saying that his auntie believes in this stuff so he's gonna believe <laughs> so- yeah that's yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up before that you know even before you saw the film you weren't excited because you didn't you didn't think that it felt like an Edgar Wright film. Mm. Did you feel the same way after viewing it? Does the, do you think this feels out of place in Wright's filmography? Slightly, other than the fact that he likes to to cast James Bond uh, people, <laughs> people from James <laughs> Bond. That's that's the only thing that really is very Edgar Wright. But I don't know the 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 the, the soundtrack was very like well picked and Edgar Wright likes picking good soundtracks um apart from that like the the comedy of Edgar Wright films is the thing that was really missing from this film I think that's what sets it apart from his filmography yeah I agree and I'm I'm actually the same as you Hot Fuzz is my favorite of his films as well amazing yeah like there are little glimpses of comedy in the film but Mm. they're not strong when they are no No, it's very dark. It's a very, it is a very serious yeah. one for Edgar Wright, and it's a very serious subject at the end of the day. So I, I couldn't imagine throwing too many comedy punchlines <laughs> into it. I mean, that's true, but only at the start of this year we had Promising Young Woman, which dealt with a very similar subject matter and was hilarious. <laughs> yes, um, that's very so- true. Yeah, I think there are ways to do it. For me, I think what makes this fit in with Edgar Wright filmographies is the the style of it. I think, as you said, the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, the lighting and everything. I love that production design in her bedroom of those flashing lights from the yes. French restaurant yeah. next door. Really beautiful. And they're those kind of flourishes that, to me, Wright brings to it. But, yeah, I definitely could have done with some more humour. Yeah, Absolutely. I think the, the the thing that really distracts from this film on the basis of, like, just looking at the film, I think the thing that distracts is the mystery that you know you've got to solve this mystery. And I think that distracts yeah. from everything else in the film. You're focusing on that. And then you'll, especially when you come in and you know, you think you know how it's going to play out. All those yeah. scenes where she's trying to figure it out are a bit wasted because yeah. it's like she's looking on the, for the newspapers and it's like, well, we know what's going to happen. <laughs> so... We yeah, don't really yeah. need to see this now. Definitely, yeah. And I think that's why I found the first half of the film better. The first half is more about building that atmosphere and everything. But you're right. Once they really get kind of bogged down into the mystery, mm. it does take away from it a bit. Yeah. 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 Are, are you a, are you into mystery films? Are you, when I was younger, when I first got into film, I went on my way to find any film that had a twist 
in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> thing that I sort out. So I do love a good mystery and I do love a good twist, but it needs to be a good twist. And I feel like the twist can almost define how much I like a film because it's like that is the payoff that I'm there for. So give yeah. me a good payoff. <laughs> yeah, especially in a film like this where the twist is, I mean, it's the culmination of the story, really. It is mm. It is yep. everything. I agree with you. That's what you're going to remember about this film. And sadly, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's all that memorable. I, I, no. When I'm thinking of movies with a twist in five years' time, like if, if someone said to me, top five movies with a twist, I wouldn't even think of this film, I don't think. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't even yeah. go to it. Top would be Saw, obviously. Ah, <laughs> oh, Saw is Saw is actually great. It is the a first, great film. The for, the first Saw film for me has actually like since the rest of the franchise come out been really underrated because people now mm-hmm. associate it with just yep. kind of really gory horror, and people forget that that first film is a straight up thriller with an incredible twist. <laughs> it's so strong that film. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I love it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do like about this film, it's kind of, I appreciate, I don't love it, but <laughs> the, the landlady, I think she has depth. I, 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 I like the fact that morally she's doing kind of the right thing. <laughs> it's like yeah, yep. her victims are the bad guys. Yep. So I think it's very relevant. It's a bit mixed up because... But then at the same time, the, when the victims come and goes, help us, help us. I think that's where it's like, mm, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's almost like, what are the writers wanting me to feel in this moment? Like, yes. Whose side? Because by the end of the film, she is supposed to be the villain, you know, because we're mm. on Thomas and Mackenzie's side and she's trying to kill her. Like, yeah. So it is very, very conflicting, and I'm sure that that's, I'm sure that that's what you are supposed to feel. You're meant yeah. to be conflicted and realize just how how awful this is. But I agree with you. I think at the moment in this Me Too climate, it's a very strange choice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like who it is could you believe? Strange. Which who is the true victim here? Exactly. It's, like, it's a bit fuzzy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll agree agree with you. I did like the writing of that character, though, and that it was very dimensional. And I think that's one thing about the twist that worked for me. There's nothing worse than a twist where after it happens, you go, well, that just doesn't make sense. Mm. (laughs) I think in this case, at least, it felt like it made sense to me, which is probably why I wasn't surprised by it. But, you know, it felt true to that character and- and yeah, it didn't feel like a complete cop out of a twist. Yes, yes, I think yeah. So if anything surprised me, it would be the fact that she suddenly needed to kill Ellie at the yep. end. That was the big twist for me. And as you say, I do appreciate the moral quandary of whether you should actually root for her or not. I mean, I don't think you can root for her really for killing people. <laughs> Probably <laughs> yeah. could have done it in a better way, but I do. Yeah, I do appreciate that. That does give the character a lot of depth, and a good villain always has depth to them. Yes, I feel. I mean, that's yeah. true. A good a good villain should make you question, you know, whether or not you're on their side. You know, like, yes, a really good villain should actually. I mean, at the very least, they should believe what they're doing is right, mm-hmm. and it should it should make it tricky for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's good writing right there. And that's why I think I feel so conflicted about this film, because individually, all these elements work really, really well. The cast is very strong. I think the writing in a lot of places is strong. The direction is superb. The soundtrack is amazing. And yet, I just felt underwhelmed. I, I don't feel like any of it all worked together. And as you say, I think for me, that has to be the narrative, just the overall yeah. plotting and pacing and story, I think is really where it fell down for me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel so all these elements that come together to make a film, they could, like, they're, all, they're all quite perfect in this film. Yeah. But I think at the heart of it, film is about storytelling. And if the storytelling yeah. isn't there then that is always going to let the film down for me. I mean, you can watch like yeah. a big epic scale thing like Dune. I haven't seen Dune yet. Don't ruin it for me. But, <laughs> me neither. But, it's, it's not as much like this film. Dune doesn't come out here for another three weeks. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. We're, we've we're, got a treat ahead of us. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we are the backwards of the world at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, so you can go to a big epic like Dune, you know you're going for something spectacular. Go and see it in IMAX, I'm sure, because it's going to be a spectacular event. Yeah. But when it's like, it's going to be good to watch, but I, you still need that story. You still need that story yeah. at the heart of everything, and that is always what matters for me. So it sounds like we're both a little middling then. How are you scoring this film out of 10? I'm, I, for me, this is average. For, and for me, average is 7 out of 10. So... I'm going with 7 out of 10. I don't know what your average is. It could be a little lower, but yeah, I feel like uh, 7 out of 10 is right for me. Yeah, I'm going a 6. And Ooh. it it is it is hard because there's part of me that wants to bump this up to a 7 because mm. there is a lot of it that, like I said, is fantastic. Yeah. But overall, I, I certainly wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the elements work. And th th this is the thing about this film. It's a mystery. So you kind of want to be involved in the mystery again. And I know the mystery. I know how it plays out. So why do I need to go back to it? You know? Yeah, well, that's just recently on the show, I, I went back in and had a look at Sixth Sense with Sam from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. I listened to it. I listened to it, really. <laughs> oh, thank you. And as I said, <laughs> that is a movie that due to its twist, I, I always thought it would hold up. But it really, the more you watch it, just doesn't. <laughs> Well, this is where this is where we're different because I absolutely love that film. I think it pays off every time, Billy. <laughs> well, there you, go. there you go. I always thought it did as well until my most recent viewing, and I was like, "Wow, actually, yeah, I'm not sure about this." <laughs> I, th I feel like the rest of the film is so much so strong, and that twist is a very strong twist. So that yeah, yeah. pays off at the end anyway. But to, the performances in that film, I think, are absolutely phenomenal. So, they, yeah, I love it every time personally, Billy. <laughs> this is one of the things that I love about film and about talking about film with different people is that, you know, ev everybody just loves different things and that's totally yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me to chat about this. Can you tell everybody about Film Busters and where they can find you guys and your great show? Yes. Yeah, so we are the Film Busters, me, me Adam and Ben. Uh, we're, we're three very best friends and we have a passion for film. And each week we take turns in picking a film and then just resort to just tearing each other <laughs> apart and like about their taste in film, basically. And we have yeah. we have so much fun doing it and yes, it is a I have a lovely time. So come along and check us out. We're on film we've called Filmbusters. We're on 
pretty much every podcast platform. And you can find us at Filmbusters Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, it's a great show. The camaraderie between you guys is great. And one of the things I love too is that the vast array of different kinds of films you guys mm. talk about is just awesome. You know, it's so hard to find a show like that where just week to week it could be, you know, like recently you did Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat and, you know, like. No, it wasn't Joe. It was Judas. It was Jude, Judas. Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar. That's what it was. I, just, I, I got it was confused a musical then. about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I There's got mixed too up many there Jesus musicals. I, our last episode was Judas and the Black Messiah. So I was like, Judas? Jesus, I can't think That's of the right, right title. Yeah. yeah. And then recently you did Moonlight as well, which was fantastic. I love yes. that film. That's such yes. a great film. But so I'd highly recommend checking it out. It's a it's thank a great you. time. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Next week, I will be joined by the better half of Move Reviews and 20 Qs. Stacey Hurley is going to be joining me to talk about her favourite film, The Wizard of Oz, which is going to be a heap of fun. Uh, in the it. meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. You're still here? The, the show's over. Go home. Go. But if you can't get enough of We Watch to Thing, why don't you check out our Patreon page? There's tons of behind-the-scenes content, heaps of bonus episodes. You can get full, unedited videos of each episode recording. You can pick a movie for me to do on the show, or even come and join me while I talk about it. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash we watch to thing. Go watch a movie.